Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome. It's been quite a while. Welcome to Israel Unplugged. Uh, reminding you that this is because we haven't met in a long time. So just, uh, you know, what the purpose of this show is, we are bringing you the unadulterated facts of where we are holding in the redemptive process, focusing primarily on the ingathering of the exiles, no spin, no twist, just facts on the ground. And yes, uh, we haven't been uh, together for a while, uh, but we have a great show lined up for you today. Uh, Unfortunately, the main host of our show, Josh Wander, is uh, sick with uh, COVID, COVID-19, but hopefully he'll be he'll get better. Um, and he was away for the last two weeks in Moldova. Uh, things have been uh, things have been interesting here. So but thank God we're here today. I'm with you, uh, Rabbi Moshe Lichtman, here to uh, spend the next hour with you and tell you again why we are why we believe that the, that we are living in very special times um just to remind you that this is a live show that if you want to call in we'd love to hear what you have to say um the numbers are posted on the top of the web uh, the website the, the israelnewstalkradio.com so please just uh just look there and uh, also to remind you that both myself and Josh Wander uh, have websites that are very, very uh, kadai, very worthwhile to visit. Mine is toratzion.com, toratzion.com, where you'll see all my books. And Josh's is it's time to leave.com, where he has great videos from great rabbis um, and other important figures who talk about the importance of living in Israel and the importance of the times in which we're living. And uh, in fact, that's really what we're going to be talking about today. As you all know, one of the greatest uh, rabbinic leaders of our time died and was buried yesterday. And we're going to talk a lot about that. So make sure you stay with us. And again, please, please call in and uh, let's have a conversation. All right. So stick with us. We'll be back. We'll be back right after the news. did a nice Jewish girl from Delaware end up living in Israel? Shalom! I'm Natalie Sapinski. Join me on my show, Returning Home. Meet different people who have moved to Israel. Hear their personal stories, their highs, their lows, and everything in between. Each week, we talk to experts on immigration and the process of moving to Israel. Listen to Returning Home every Thursday, only on Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome back to Israel Unplugged, and as uh, promised, we're going to discuss today uh, at length the life 
and times of Rav Chaim Kanievsky. Not that I'm an expert on his life at all, not even in the slightest, but uh, in the last few days since he's passed away, and especially yesterday when uh, during his burial, I've, uh, I've learned a lot about him, uh, and especially on the issue of his love for the land of Israel and what he feels is the Torah perspective on the obligation of a religious Jew, of all Jews, to come and live in the land of Israel. So it really starts, well, first of all, let's, let's just talk a little bit about him himself. Um, you know, <laughs> there, are, there are in every generation very special rabbis who become, you know, whether they want to or not, they become what's called the Gdole Hador, the greatest of the generation. And he was uh, pretty much recognized by by the entire gamut of religious Jewry as the leading uh, rabbi uh, alive today. Um, and as we said, he passed away last Friday. Uh, he was 94 years old. He had what was very special about him mostly was the fact that he... Um, he used to learn. He was very, very diligent in his learning. Uh, he was not really a public figure. He used to learn the entire Torah. And uh, what that means, I'll explain in a second. The entire Torah every year, and he would make a seal. We'd make a special uh, um, celebration for finishing the Torah. Now, the Torah means, you know, the Torah is vast. The Torah is is limitless. It is. There's no way that anybody can learn the entire Torah in, in, his, in a whole lifetime. But there are certain texts that are considered to be the text of the Torah, and that, of course, is the Tanakh. Now, first and foremost is the 24 books of the, of the Jewish Bible. Then you have the Mishnah and the Talmud and, and, and other works of what's called Chazal, the Sages of Blessed Memory, which uh, which is the Babylonian Talmud, the Jerusalem Talmud, the uh, the Midrashim, the different Midrashim and Tosefta, and all those kind of things. Plus the the major halachic works of the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch, and he used to do that the entire every single year. He'd review all that. Now that is something that most people don't finish in, in their entire lifetime. So he was obviously a very brilliant man, and he was a genius, and he wrote many, many, many books. And he was sought after for advice, and, and especially in the Haredi community. And this is why this is so important. Uh, he also, by the way, had very great yichus, which means family pedigree. He was the son of one of the greatest rabbis of the previous generation, this, known as the Stipler. He was the nephew of, for sure, the greatest rabbi of the previous generation, the Chazonish. Um, and he was also a grandson. Uh, um, sorry, he was the son-in-law. He was the son-in-law of Rav Yashiv, one of the greatest rabbis of more recent more recent times, and the grandson of Rav Ari Levine, the the great tzaddik of Jerusalem. So anyway, these are all. The reason I'm telling you this is because we have to understand what kind of person he was. He was accepted by everybody, and therefore it makes his statements about the land of Israel, the importance of living in Israel, that much more important. So there's this video 
that I've seen before, but uh, you know, it, it went around a lot yesterday of uh, him uh, answering a question. He used to answer very, very short and to the point uh, when people would come to visit him, especially later on in his in his life when he didn't have as much strength. And 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 the video shows a person um, speaking to him, and he has a friend next to him, and he says, "There, this this gentleman just made Aliyah. He moved to Israel from Lakewood uh, seven months ago." And uh, a lot of people in Lakewood, some people in Lakewood say, you know, oh, very nice. It's so beautiful. I wish we could, we would able, were able to do it. But there are many, many people in Lakewood who, who told him that he's crazy. And they said that you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it until the Messiah comes. So they wanted to know from this great scholar, from Rav Chaim Kanievsky, what he felt about the issue. And in one word, he said, I'm sorry, two words. He said, mitzvah lalot. He said it is a mitzvah to make aliyah. Simple as that. Straight and to the point. There is no two ways about it. He holds that it is a mitzvah for all Jews today to make aliyah. And it is so important that we understand that that is his opinion. Um, because we, we, we make a mistake. We say a lot of people take the anti-Zionistic stance of many great rabbis to mean that they're that they don't think it's so important to move to Israel yet. Maybe when Mashiach, not maybe when Mashiach comes, when the Messiah comes, yes. But until then, no, you don't really have to. You don't have to do it. But that is false. There is the vast majority of the greatest rabbis of all times. In fact, almost all almost without exception, will tell you that the land of Israel is where the Jewish people belong, and they will they will not, again, they might say, yeah, yeah, we're, we're against the state, we don't believe that the state is a good thing necessarily, but you know what, we're able to make Aliyah now. In fact, in fact I've heard from my Rebbe, Rav Herschel Schechter, quote his father, not, not Rav Schechter's father, the, stip the stipler of Chaim Kanievsky's father as saying that in reality, the Satma Rebbe, who was the one who was against the whole, was vehemently against the whole Zionist idea, um, so the Stipler said that maybe the Satma Rebbe was correct before the state was established. But once the state was established already, we do not, we should not try to undermine it like the Satma believe. So I want to read to you something from a very important book, which I've I've uh, quoted before. It's called To Dwell in the Palace. Before I started writing books on the on this topic, this was the almost almost the only book in English for sure about the importance of living in Israel. And it has beautiful articles um, about how important it is to live here. And and it's really it's really a very a very convincing book. At the very end of the book, after bringing all of these proofs and, again, written in a very uh, down-to-earth style, a very easy-to-read style. The last chapter is called, But, dot, dot, dot. And it goes like this. The thoughtful reader of the forego foregoing articles may be troubled by a simple question. If the case for Aliyah is as clear as all that, why do so many Jews, learned and sincere God-fearing and committed to Torah observance, ignore the issue entirely. 
communities thrive in the United States and elsewhere in the diaspora. And although shiurim, which means Torah classes, on subjects on Torah subjects abound, the matter of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael of settling the land of Israel is rarely mentioned, let alone studied. Even and he says, and even in the land of Israel itself, where ever-growing numbers of Jews dwell and flourish, both physically and spiritually, one can hear belittlement of the mitzvah. So, so therefore, they ask, is there another side to the coin? Could a case be made against the issue of Eretz Yisrael? Is there a justifiable basis for minimizing the importance of living in, in the land of Israel in our times? And the answer to these questions, they say, is as follows. The answer to these questions has been suggested in the articles which comprise this book, but it bears restating. And here's the paragraph that I really want to read you, read you. The individual Jew may have a legitimate reason for living outside the land of Israel. There are halachic opinions and interpretations which may influence the, the determination that he postpone his aliyah. And the emphasis on the word postpone. But, and this is bolded in the original, it's bolded. But no Torah view exists which allows a Jew to regard his life outside the land as permanent and completely satisfactory. Every Jew, according to every opinion across the Torah spectrum, should want to live in Eretz Yisrael and should strive for the day when Aliyah becomes possible for him. You understand that? Did you hear that? This is not, so So really people shouldn't be shocked to hear that Rav Chaim Kenievsky, the leader of the Haredi ultra-Orthodox uh, Jewish world, said that it's a mitzvah doraisa, a Torah-based uh, 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 mitzvah commandment to live in the land of Israel. That's everyone holds that. It's, it's so obvious. It's so clear that that's what has to be. Um, unfortunately, there are some people who are against Zionism, and therefore they take that. So people who, are, who don't know enough take that as they equate the two. Okay, you're against Zionism, therefore you don't think it's important to live in Israel. That is absolutely untrue. And then he goes on to to quote. The Satmar Rebbe himself, who says how great and what a great zechut, what a great merit it is for a Jew to live in the land of Israel. It's, it's, it's something that, that's uncomparable to anywhere else. He says you have to be a very, very big tzaddik, a very big, a very righteous person to be able to live in Israel and make sure not to defile the holiness of the land. Yes, he, sa he says that, but we'll get to that after the break. We're going to explain that that's clearly not Rav Chaim Kanievsky's opinion on this issue, but that's what I wanted to emphasize. I want to make uh, make it clear that the fact that Rav Chaim Kanievsky says it's a mitzvah doraisa, that every, every Jew should be coming to, to live in Israel, shouldn't shock anybody, because that's the Torah view has always been. We will continue this right after the break. Stay with us, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 
This is Shai Bentecohen. Each week I'll be webcasting to you from Judea, origin of the word Jew, a people besieged and beleaguered in every generation. Nazi Germany's but a memory, but in its place the world invented the phantom Palestinians as this generation's internationally authorized Jew killers. Tune in for a different slant on life in Israel, Phantom Nation, every Monday. Welcome back to Israel Unplugged, and we're in the middle of discussing uh, the death of Rav Chaim Kanievsky, but more importantly, his life, and what he held about the issue of living in Israel and the importance of the times in which we're living. So so until now, I discussed a famous uh, video that's, uh, that's on the internet of uh, him telling somebody that it's a mitzvah, it is a biblical commandment to live in the land of Israel. But I want to share with you something which is much more personal and uh, private. I don't think many people, if anybody, you know of this, um, except I think I did once read it on this show, but uh, it was a long time ago, and I, I assume people don't have that great of a memory. So I have somebody who I'm close with who um, who loves my books and who got in touch with me many, many years ago. Looking back, I think it was over eight years ago uh, when he was still living in um, outside the land of Israel in the diaspora. He now, thank God, lives here. And his story is very interesting. He He's actually a convert to Judaism many, many years ago. Now it's like over 35 years ago. And he converted in a Haredi community, and he really— Basically, that's what he knew about about Judaism. Judaism is is ultra orthodox Judaism, which is anti Zionistic, which is, which in which the land of Israel is not a doesn't play a very important role, unfortunately, especially in um, diaspora communities. But then somehow he got uh, he he was introduced. Let's put it, put it that way. He's introduced to my book Game of Smecha. And he had a chavruta, I meaning a study partner, in it. And he, the way he said, the way he calls it, it was self-educating about Zionism. And he started, and this was a whole process that he started looking into it, and really, really became convinced that this is the true way. This is the true way of the Torah that we should be returning to the land of Israel, and we should certainly support the, the land of Israel and the state of Israel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he came on a visit to to Israel, and the way he says it, he, he put it, I felt that not only my mind, but my heart was cracked open, and my commitment to religious Zionism had developed beyond germination and was ready to grow strong. And they had this, uh, him and this other person who he was in touch with, had, a, as I said, a study partner uh, in the book, Amabarim Smecha, but then he shares the following, and listen to this, it's, gonna, it's mind-boggling. Also, you should know that I met Reb Chaim Kenievsky while I was in Israel. I told him that I had a problem with my house in Toronto. By the way, what that meant is he didn't have a problem, like he didn't not like it. The problem was that he had a certain uh, legal battle about his, about his house in Toronto. So what did Rav Chaim, so I guess he, he wanted advice from him what to do. But Rav Chaim said, he said to me 
that my house should be in Jerusalem. I said, when? And he answered, now, as soon as you can. I asked, why? And he said, that Mashiach is coming, the Messiah is coming, and you have to be in Eretz Yisrael for him. I asked, how do I tell my wife and children? See, he was on this trip. He was on this trip by himself. This was not, this was not an Aliyah, you know. Uh, uh, he, he wasn't really thinking of Aliyah yet. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, he meets the Gadol Hador, the greatest rabbi of the generation, who tells him that you should be living here in Jerusalem. Get rid of that house in Toronto. And so he asked him, well, how do I tell my wife and children? He said, to explain about Mashiach. You must come and be here for him, he said. Be here for his sake. Start. So you see, Rav Chaim Kanievsky was not just saying it because it's a mitzvah to live in the land of Israel. He was saying it because this is the way we can bring the Messiah quicker if we, first of all, that he's coming. Messiah is coming. And we have to be here for him. That's a very important point. As the other video that I that I started with said, that uh, the questioner asked him, he said, you know, there's people in Lakewood who say that you don't have to come until the Mashiach comes. And his answer was just two words, mitzvah la'alot, it's a mitzvah to, to, to make aliyah. But, but it's more than that. It's because Mashiach, it's part of the coming of Mashiach. We have to be here for Mashiach. And it sounds like, it's not just, you know, these people, unfortunately, in, in the diaspora think that the second Mashiach comes, is going, to, is going to come and swoop down and bring and you know pick them all up with them, with all their rich riches, with all their wealth, and with all their houses and and everything that they love, and bring them to the land of Israel. They're in for a big surprise. It sounds like from Rav Chaim that you have to be here for Mashiach. If you're stuck elsewhere, it's not going to be so simple. You're going to miss out on a lot of the coming of Mashiach. And then my friend continued and said, I think that a lot of my from, from means religious, my religious friends here in North America would be genuinely surprised to know that Reb Chaim gave me that message. The message that Reb Chaim wanted to give this diaspora Jew who was asking him about his house in Toronto was, you shouldn't have a house in Toronto. You should be living here in, in Israel. You should be living here in Jerusalem. And that person, by the way, now does live in Jerusalem. And uh, he did move and, you know, started uh, started over again here in Israel. And uh, he's very happy about it. So I, I want to also share with you um, a few more things. So yesterday I saw that Rav Shlomo Aviner, one of the great rabbis in the religious Zionist community, uh, gave a hesped, a eulogy for Rav Chaim also. And as part of the hesped, he read some answers that he was given, um, he was given that he received from Rav Chaim. He had sent him some questions, and Rav Chaim, as I explained, he answers very, very short to the point. There's no you know, explanation, there's no long answer, it's just one or two words. So let me read you the list of these questions that Rav Aviner asked, and Rav Chaim Kenievsky answered. His quest, first question was, is there a mitzvah uh, to live in Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel today, only derabon and only rabbinically, or is it midoraita from the Torah? His answer was one word, 
deoraita. It is a biblical commandment. The the video that I told you about before, all he says is mitzvah lalot. It's a mitzvah to, to, to come up, to come up to Israel. But he didn't say whether it's deoraita or derabana, whether it's from the Torah or it's rabbinically ordained. And here he answered very clearly one word, deoraita. Next question. A person who lives in the land of Israel, does he fulfill that mitzvah? Is it a one-time thing? When he comes, he, he fulfills the mitzvah? Or is it every moment that he lives here? And Rav Chaim Kanievsky's answer was, kol rega, every moment. That is unbelievable. That is the main difference between living here and living outside the land of Israel. Outside the land of Israel, you can do a lot of mitzvot. You can fulfill many, many mitzvot. Um, not all of them, of course. In fact, a lot of them you can't because you don't live in Israel. And many of the mitzvot are dependent on the land of Israel. We all know that. But, you know, you could still be a very good Jew. You could learn a lot of Torah, do a lot of chesed, do a lot of uh, acts of loving kindness, and et cetera, et cetera. But, on, but you're, every moment of the day, let's say you're, you're a banker or a lawyer or a doctor. So when you're doing those professions, you're not getting any mitzvot. You're, you're doing a nice thing. It's very, very good. It's certainly uh, permissible. But you're not getting a mitzvah. But when you're living in the land of Israel, every moment you are living here, you're getting a mitzvah. Kol rega, said Rav Chaim Kanievsky, every moment. Next question. Listen to this one. What is preferable, to be a rabbi in, in the diaspora or to be a regular Jew in Eretz Yisrael? And he explained the question. He said, there's many rabbis in, in outside the land of Israel who are not sure what to do. And, you know, they could, they could stay in the diaspora and, and, and have an influence on people. Or they can come to Eretz Yisrael and just be a regular person and, you know, get a regular job. Rav Chaim Kanievsky answered two words. Be Eretz Yisrael. Be in Israel. That, by the way, is, uh, I've quoted before, Rav Chaim, Yosef Chaim Zunnenfeld said the same thing to his grandson who asked a similar question. Next question. This is so important. I said before that... He disagrees with the Satmar Rebbe. The Satmar Rebbe said that it was, it's a terrible, terrible thing that, that irreligious Jews come to the land of Israel because they defile the land with their sins. The, the question that was posed to Rav Chaim Kanievsky was, should we bring non-religious Jews to, to the land of Israel? And they explained also because if they stay in outside the land of Israel, they, they very often assimilate and become non-Jews totally, meaning their children might not even be Jewish. So Rav Chaim Kanievsky's answer was two words, Cain betach, yes, of course, for sure you should bring them to the land of Israel. Get them out of there. Get them back to Israel as soon as you can. Then they asked another question. What is better? To buy a beautiful, perfect etrog, you know, for the for the holiday of Sukkot, a beautiful etrog, but it's but it's from the diaspora, or to buy a mediocre one, kosher, a kosher etrog, but not so beautiful from Eretz Yisrael. Guess what his answer was? Eretz Yisrael, buy the etrog from Eretz Yisrael, even though it's not as beautiful as the one that you can get from Chutzot, which, by the way, most etrogim that are beautiful come from Eretz Yisrael. But let's say, theoretically, you'd have such a situation. You should buy the one from Eretz Yisrael. We'll be right back. Don't leave.
Hi, I'm Rabbi David Aaron. The soul basics are the most profound, the most essential, and yet often the most neglected in our education. Join me for Soul Talk on Israel's News Talk Radio and discover the secrets to love, spiritual growth, and personal power. Welcome back, and we have uh, just a few more minutes, one last segment for today's show, and I hope you've enjoyed it so far. I know I enjoyed so much just reviewing these things, which I already saw a few, you know, a few days ago. It's just unbelievable. How can people not understand that the vast majority of the greatest rabbis of all times, especially our day and age, see something special in what's happening in the land of Israel today. And even if they don't, but they still see the fact that we are in the land of Israel, that the land of Israel itself is something very special and something that we should uh, strive to be in. So I'm continuing in these questions. It's just like two or three more. Uh, these questions that Rav Shlomo Aviner sent to Rav Chaim Kanievsky, Zatzal, may his memory be blessed. Um, and um, uh, so he, he asked the following question. He says, let's say you have two guests that are come that, that came to, to, to pay a visit to you, okay? And they happen to have come at the same moment. They come together. And one of them is a big, big rabbi from the diaspora. And one of them is a not such a big rabbi, but but he's from Eretz Yisrael. Which one should you greet first? Guess what Rav Chaim Kanievsky's answer was? May Eretz Yisrael greet first the one who's an Israeli Jew, one who lives here in Israel. By the way, there's, uh, you know, again, his his answers were very, very short and to the point and, you know, succinct. And you sometimes people would think like, you know, oh, he's just, you know, stop throwing out words. Uh, but there's a there's a book. I heard about it yesterday. I haven't seen it, but there's a book that that um, that elaborates on the these very short answers that he gave to many, many questions. And what they do is they find the sources in either the Rambam or the Shulchan Aruch uh, or other halachic writings or, or, you know, just the Gemara or a Tosvot here and there, whatever. And and it shows exactly that he was so miduyak, he was so exacting in his language. Sometimes he would say mutter. Sometimes he would say aser, meaning permissible, not permissible. Sometimes he would say efshar, maybe, and this this book shows that every time he would say something like that, it was because that's the exact language that's found in the halacha. It, it's not a you know, some things are not black and white. It's not just mutter or us or permissible or, or 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 forbidden. Sometimes it's you know maybe, perhaps you know in certain situations yes maybe not. So every single one of these you know short answers has a source in the Torah. Because don't forget. For again, I don't know how many years. I know he was alive for 94 years. I don't know when he started doing this learning through the entire Torah 
once a year, but you could assume that it was a good part of close to 70 years, let's say 70 times he went through the entire Torah, again, Tanakh, and all of the Torah, the, the oral law, um, and all the sources that we, we live our lives by. And so he knew them very, 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 very well. And if he said, when he was asked this question, who should you greet first? The rabbi from the bigger rabbi from from the diaspora, or the lesser rabbi from Israel? And if he, if he answered Eretz Israel, there's a source for it. That that you have to give more kavod, more honor to somebody who lives in Israel. In fact, I think I know the source. There's a chatam sofer. There is a uh, tshuva, a response that the chatam, the great chatam sofer gave similar, I mean, not exactly this question, but, you know, where he said that you have to give greater honor to those who live in, in the land of Israel. Another very interesting question. He was asked, what is the definition uh, of, of an Ir HaKodesh? You know, we, we say that there's four holy, holy cities. There's this tradition, whatever, that there's four holy cities in Israel is, of course, the, the number one is Jerusalem, and then there's there's Hebron, where the the forefathers, the matriarchs, and the patriarchs are are buried, and then there's Tzfat and Tveria, which were great Torah centers more in the fifteen, sixteen hundred, the Middle Ages. Anyway, so he was asked, "What makes a city in the land of Israel to an ear Hakodesh?" And guess what his answer was. Cold ear, every city in the land of Israel. Something so beautiful because I always wanted to say that. I always say that. When people ask me that, I said, every city in the land of Israel is holy. Every city is holy. How can we only call four holy? So I guess maybe there's something special about those four cities above and beyond. But every city in the land of Israel is is Ir HaKodesh because it's Eretz HaKodesh. It's because it's the holy land. If it's the holy land, so therefore it's obviously every city and it is holy. And just in case... Just in case you think that, oh, he's only talking about cities which have uh, Torah-observant Jews living there. So the next question was, I'll, I'll translate it exactly. Sometimes I hear, this is Rabbi Avinair, Rabbi Avinair talking. He said, sometimes I hear people talk against Tel Aviv. They say that it's like its own, its own state, its own place, and there's all t- problems there. How should one react to that? Rochaim Kanievsky answered, Ir, Kechol, Ir. It's a city like every other city. There's nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with it. Um, and again, that's because, as we said, every single city in the land of Israel is holy. You might not see the holiness. It might be hidden. It might not be as clear to see as, you know, in Bnei Brak, but it doesn't make a difference. In fact, that reminds me of a story, which um, I, I, it would take me too long to find the exact place, but there was a similar story with Rav Cook. Rav Cook, um, uh, there was somebody, uh, one of Rav Cook's uh, students was showing around one of the, um, one of the great, Hasidic masters who had come for a visit to Israel, to Palestine at the time. This was pre-state, and you know he he um, he he was taking this this big 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 rabbi who, by the way, was very anti-Zionistic, one of the so, sort of in the same camp as the Satmar, um, and he showed him around and he and he brought him 
to uh, one of the communities, one of the, the neighborhoods in Jerusalem where it was very, very, um, very, very ultra-Orthodox. And in this, the fruit stores, it said, you know, that Shrumo de Masaro, the tithes and the gifts to the Kohen were taken off properly. And it had all these signs and when it was taken off, by who it was taken off. And the rabbi was like so satisfied and so happy. And he said, oh, now I see Kedusha. I see such holiness in the land. And the guide, the person who was taking him around, said, but my rabbi says that every place in the land of Israel is holy. And the the guest said, who is your rabbi? And he said, Rav Cook. And, you know, he sort of, you know, didn't have uh, didn't have anything to answer. But th- that's, that's the point. It's not just the places where you can see clear holiness. Every single blade of grass, every single inch in the land of Israel is holy, is holy to God. We just have to uncover that holiness. And yes, there might be some dirt that's covering it. It's sort of like the same thing with Jews. We believe that every Jew has what's called the pintalayid, right? That 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 very holy, holy, holy soul deep down inside of him. And no matter what, no matter how much filth a Jew can pile up on his soul, on his holy soul, it doesn't take away from the fact that the soul is holy. There is something very holy, and all you got to do is clean it off sometimes. It has to be cleaned off, yes. And sometimes that, that, that's unfortunately the fact that, uh, you know, it got dirty. Same thing true is true about the land of Israel. It is holy of holies. There is holiness in every single inch of the land. Unfortunately, yes, there are some people who, who, who do acts of sacrilege on the land, but that doesn't take away from the Kedusha. That's what Rav Cook answered this uh, in, a different, in a different case, in a different story. He answered someone who said something like, you know, well, well, what about all the sacrileges going on? He said, we said, what does that have to do with the holiness of the land? Just because people are acting improperly. On the land, that doesn't take away the holiness of the land. The land is intrinsically holy. You can't take away the holiness. It is there forever and always was and always will be there. And and we have to understand that. And, and a Jew who's really searching to become closer to God has to understand that there's only one place in the world he can do that. He can get to, to a certain degree. He can get closer to God even outside the land of Israel. But then there's a certain bar past which he can't get until he comes to the land of Israel. Once he comes to the land of Israel, he has special siyata dishmanas, special help from heaven, um, assistance from heaven, and he has the ability to reach heights that you can't even imagine. And yes, there have been great rabbis throughout the generations outside the land of Israel but those very same, and, and it's terrible to, to one should never compare one rabbi with the other. And I'm not going to say that Rav Chanayevsky was greater than others rabbis or Rav Cook was greater than others or, you know, this one. It's, it's a silly game because it doesn't matter. There's one thing for sure that every person on their level, including the greatest of rabbis, could reach higher heights in the land of Israel. And that we saw with Rav Chaim Kanievsky, that he he reached very, very high heights. And had he not been in the land of Israel, he probably would not have been as great as he was. And that's pretty clear from all the sources that we have. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's show. We discussed uh, the passing of Rav Chaim Kanievsky.
And may we soon see, like he said, that Mashiach is on his way. May we we soon see the fulfillment of that prophecy and the coming of the Messiah speedily in our days. Amen. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candlelighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. Plus, little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.